Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hooray for Hollywood! Hooray for Hollywood! You're so misunderstood. Keep shining like you should. Hooray for Hollywood! Hey, this is Brett Gersky. Welcome to another edition of On the List. Today is Thursday, July 25th, 2013. This is episode. 25. That's like an anniversary of some sort. 25. Uh, 25. My guest today, who you just heard here in the studio with me, very talented and beautiful actress, the star of a new hit show called Devious Maids. Everybody's talking about it, and she's someone I'm happy to call an old friend of mine, Danya Ramirez. Hi, Brad. How What's are up, you? Danya? I haven't I seen so you in a while. I know, I know. It's nice to see you. Good to see you. I missed your birthday last year. I know. We have almost the same birthday. We do. Four days apart the same year. I know. November 4th, Scorpio. November 8th. Scorpio. <laughs> That's why we get along. You know, hardworking people. <laughs> hardworking. When we're passionate about something, we're very passionate about it. For sure. I think. Like this podcast. Um, thank you for being here. <laughs> like Devious Maids. Like Devious Maids. Like the new hit of the summer. It is the hit of the summer. Do you know that I, I watch Devious Maids? I've you better. Seen, I've seen all five episodes so far, 13 episode season. I know everything going on in the show, and I emailed you after the first episode, or even before the first episode. I was like, I got to yeah. bring you on as soon as you have a chance to talk about this show. So do you like it? I, I mean, love just it. be honest. Yeah, no. I love it. Well, I would not watch <laughs> five episodes if I didn't love it. And first of all, I will say this. Lifetime should know that I... Tuned into Lifetime because Danya Ramirez was on the show. Oh, you're so sweet. And then you get hooked. So as long as you have a reason to watch, you, you get are hooked. so sweet. So I'm excited. So people that haven't watched, you better watch and yeah, get hooked. We're going to talk a lot about Hopefully it. Hopefully, I have a sexy voice because you can't see me. You do. You just tune in. <laughs> I think I feel like you're known for your voice a little bit, right? You have a very a little, recognizable voice. A little bit. Yeah. So anyone <laughs> listening, that's the real Danya Ramirez. This is me. Um, but before we talk about Devious Maids, I have to mention big news last week. You announced that you're pregnant. Yes, I am pregnant having twins. Twins. So crazy. It's kind of an exclusive, sort of. It's, it's an exclusive <laughs> right now, right here, podcast with uh, Brett Gerksky. <laughs> yeah, I'm, listen, you don't even look pregnant. I told you that. I know, you, you said that. I, like, I feel pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> yeah, you probably feel pregnant. But I was like, you don't look pregnant, especially with twins. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, How it's very, it's very exciting. Uh, we're just uh, main thing right now is just to try to stay healthy so that the babies are healthy, yeah. and um, that's my main concern. I'm just excited, yeah. you know. It's, it's like awesome. we we were thinking one, and now we have two. Yeah. Oh, so that was a surprise, obviously. It's it was shocking. <laughs> I, w- I would say it was more shocking than a surprise. Okay. Do you think it's two boys or two girls uh, or I one don't, of each? I don't know what they're going to be, but that would be nice. If there's at least one boy, I'm going to throw the name Brett into the ring as a possible name. Well, I hope that if it is a boy or if it is two boys that they're both well endowed in. I want my kids to feel like they're Men. really confident. Okay. That's good. <laughs> that's, uh, listen, parents have wishes for their kids. I, that's right. I wish, aside from being healthy yeah, and, happy, and, and healthy. really intelligent. And I'm sure they'll be uh, very cute <laughs> and very talented. Um, my sister actually had twins a year ago this month. My twin nieces, Isabella and Sophie, are going to be one on July 31st. Very cool. I, are they identical? They're fraternal, but both girls. And they are adorable. And I'm going to their birthday party in New Jersey next week. And I can't wait. So cute. Yeah. If they were identical, you can just put them to work. I know, right? Actually, you know what? I've been working on this show, the show Hello Ladies on HBO. And yesterday we were shooting a wedding episode, and there's a little kid in it. And the whole time I was thinking, I wish I had my nephew in this. But then at the same time, you go back to the thing of like the child star thing. You know what? The child star 
start, I, I got to be honest with you, I don't remember anything t- uh, before the age of five. So I, right, <laughs> I yeah. think if you take them out before they even remember <laughs> right. they were part of it, I think you're okay. But twins are the ones that make money. I mean, the kids on the show yesterday playing the one kid are twins. And, and I play a nanny, you know, Rosie. I, know. I play a nanny on, uh, on the show. And um, I want to I believe that Rosie somehow... Um, I'm, I was vibing Rosie the whole time. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> and now I've got twins. Like, no, but at least in this, now you'll be the mom. Actually, Rosie's a mom on the show. Yeah, she's a mom. I've left my son back in Mexico, and right. I'm trying really hard to reunite with him. Right. I can't wait that, for that to happen. That, can I curse here? Yeah, of that course. That bitch of a freaking woman I, won't let me get my son. I, I mean, know. She does not want to help me out. Yeah, I mean. She has hers coming, though, my boss. Well, already. I yeah. already saw it happening episode five this week. Very devious. I'm excited to There's see There's some devious happens. things going on this coming Sunday. Is, oh, really? Episode oh, yeah. six? Oh, well, yeah. Episode six. Let's talk about Devious Mates because, um, like I said, I'm watching it. You're the reason I started watching it. Guys yeah. should not be afraid to watch Lifetime. It's not just for women anymore. They even took that tagline away. It used to say, like, television for women. Yeah. But it's, it's your life, your time. Oh, okay. Perfect. Come, see, come watch us. Well, that's the thing. Guys are probably afraid to watch it because they think it's on Lifetime, but it's not a soap opera. It's, it seems like a soap opera, but I think it's a comedy. It's a dramedy. It's a dramedy. I mean, that's the cool part about the show. It's that, you know, Mark Cherry really is really good at that. Um, um, Mark sort Cherry, of like yeah, he melodramatic. He created this for Housewives, yeah. and uh, it has sort of like that tone with a Latin twist. Yeah. So um, the the characters are really fun to play. It's just been really cool. I think Rosie's your best character yet. And everything you've done. I've seen everything Daniel Ramirez has done. I'll, I'll go back a little bit later and explain how I know her <laughs> and everything. But you're very sweet. But you he's, know, I, it's because Rosie's having... she's funny and she's dramatic. I am having the uh, the best time of my life playing Rosie, and I think it's because of that. I think, you know, Mark Cherry worked really hard to make sure that the characters were really three-dimensional, and yeah. I'm really getting a shot at showcasing my talent in, in a multi-dimensional way. So that's that's been pretty exciting. Is it the pilot episode where you have the scene on the phone with your son? Yes, the that's the pilot, scene. the I crying mean, scene. That was, yeah. That's the best thing I've seen you do, I think, that scene. Oh, thank you so much. It looked that's, tough, though. You know, it was very tough, but i got to be honest, my, my situation in my life, I was born in the Dominican Republic, and right. my parents moved here when I was six months old. So... Um, I, I knew that story from a very I, I was very touched like it was a from real a very place. like a real place yeah. and I and I sort of never experienced it from my mother's perspective so I got a, sh- a chance at trying to get into the psyche of my mom while sort of playing out how I really felt as a child and being left behind in my country and at the time when you're a kid you don't really understand that your parents have left you so that you could have a better future you just right. kind of miss your parents and that's why Rosie's in Beverly Hills. She works for a movie star. Actually, uh, the female movie star, but the husband is a TV star. He's so, a soap opera star. He's a soap opera star. So the movie Played by Grant Show, who, yeah. by the way, is super charming. I Grant mean, Show just, is so cool. So cool. I mean, and he's been cool for years. He was on. He's Jake from Melrose Place. Jake from Melrose Place, and now he's playing Mr. Spence. Mr. Yes, yeah, Spence Westmore. <laughs> and his, so he's a TV star, and the wife is a movie star, so she gives him kind of shit for that because she's more famous, and she's kind of like an Angelina Jolie, and, yes, but, but he's not Brad Pitt. He's not Brad Pitt. Nowhere near. <laughs> Um, career-wise, career but he's, wise. He just looks as, like he's just as charming and, yeah. and looks just as good without his shirt. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you're the maid, but you're there because you're making a better life for your son who's back home. I mean, that's the whole point. I yeah. mean, there's a part of Nevius Maids that um, 
the part that I'm really proud of is the fact that as a Latin woman, it, it is touching upon these stories that the real Latin immigrant stories. Um, and it's just about chasing the American dream for us. And for some of us, it's you know reuniting with our families. Yeah. For some of us, is um, trying to just be a singer or to be oh, a designer. Yeah. So right, um, I like that. Everyone's got other aspirations. This is just a means to an end. The maid job. This is just a means to an end. And yeah. for some of us, this is it. You know, and so hopefully we're working really hard to make sure that our that our kids have a better future. Um, and, and that was. That's sort of like the depth of my character, but then at the same time, I sort of like get to hang out with the girls and right. and, and be this really gossipy, uh, judgmental sort of character. And yeah. I'm having a lot of fun with That's that. A, it's really fun because you get to see both sides. You get to see you put on your work face and you behave the way you have to at work. And then when all the maids get together, they gossip about their bosses. They tell funny stories. The funniest yeah. moment of the season is when you <laughs> tell the other girls that your boss got an erection when he gave you a hug. <laughs> a like, boner. You, you know the way you said that word. I was going to let you say it. See a boner. Yeah, it was. That's a hilarious scene. Un salchichón de cemento. I think I know what you said. Uh, that's a that's a cement sausage. I guess is how you would say it. It was very funny. That that's like a laugh out loud moment. But actually, Rosie's comic timing. Your comic timing with Rosie is very. You know, funny. thank you so much. It, it, for me, Rosie, it really it's really coming from a really natural place. I mean, I worked really hard at sort of like making her three dimensional. But for the comedy side of it, it's um, it's a mixture between my mother and my aunt. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I go to a real place of truth uh, for those moments, and I yeah. think that's what's kind of coming out. I don't have to try to be funny, right. which I think in a lot of uh, a lot of some of my other work, sometimes you know, it's try to play the joke and right. And a lot of times as well, for me, English is my second language. So it yeah. takes me a second to sort of like digest the, the joke and try to understand it. And I think Mark and having uh, hired two other Latina writers on staff, they really got a real tone yeah. um, of Rosie and sort of like her background so that her jokes are coming from really open place. Right. So maybe on paper it's, it doesn't seem jokey, but then the delivery makes it funny. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And she's got an innocence to her too. Which yeah. I like. She's like, you know, it, not it's it, yeah. It does take the character a second too sometimes to realize she even said something <laughs> yeah, that might be. funny. She doesn't realize she's being funny half right. the time, and I think that's what really makes her really funny. That's what's great about it. Well, I want to talk about the cast too. So I remember when the Deadline article came out that Devious Maids was even a thing. This was that was over a year ago, like almost a year and a half yes. probably. So this article comes out, and obviously I took note because your name was in there. But what was amazing about it was it was like the greatest hits of Latina actresses. So it's Danya Ramirez, it's Rosalind Sanchez from Without a Trace. She was coming off that show. Um, Anna Ortiz was coming off Ugly Betty. Yes. Um, Judy Reyes was coming off Scrubs. And then Paula Garces was uh, yeah, and and then, but, and but, but Eddie Ganim, Eddie Ganim is the oh new, right, she's the new girl. She's the new girl, yeah. and and she's brilliant. And there's something really fresh about her. Yeah, uh, I think because she's she's young, and this is her first sort of like new uh, role on television. I think she sort of like brings that innocence to her character, yeah. and that's what makes that sort of like love. The real love, the yeah. first time love um, connection that and she has with. Uh, she plays Judy's daughter. She plays Judy's daughter, and she's in a love. Her love interest is actually I'm friendly with him, Drew Van Acker. Drew Van Acker, yeah, who's awesome. He's awesome, and it's a huge break for him. That's a really big yeah. break. He had done you know like Pretty Little Liar stuff like that, but this is his first regular role. I yeah, think. and I think for both of them, they're that's why they're so fresh. Um, yeah. and, and I'm really I'm really enjoying working with uh, with both of them. Yeah, but the girls are like just amazing. Right. So tell me about when you get the script for Devious Maids, <laughs> and you find out. Well, who was attached when you got? The I was the first cast. Oh, you were? Yeah, I oh, got wow. the first. Uh, I had got the first call. That must have been fun for the casting directors. Like, who are the hottest Latina <laughs> actresses right now? We need five of them. Uh, it, it was really cool. You know, when I first actually went into audition, um, 
I first walked into a room full of just a full of Latina actresses. And most of the time when you walk into a room, it's like one role. And so everybody's sort of like really focused oh, yeah. or not really wanting to be nice to you. <laughs> like, Hello. Yeah. Right. Oh, the you're, to- you're going to be the token Latina. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but this was just a very um, open environment and everybody was like just really nice. And we all knew that we were getting an opportunity here. There's been a lot of pilots that have been made over the years with Latino cast that none of them have gotten picked up. Oh, so, really? um, of course, this, this particular um, season where Divya's Mates was made, um, I was up for two. I, mean, I was offered two other jobs that had Latina cast in it, and none of them went. Huh. Um, so we're very lucky. I mean, and originally ABC had passed them. On right, the, I remember that ABC the passed them, sh- but I knew somehow. I just knew in well, my the gut. the pilot was brilliant. Yeah, I mean, and there I was knew just, Mark Cherry. I knew that they weren't going to just let it go. Yeah, and then we were lucky, and you know, ABC Studios were still behind it, and you know, they had bought out Lifetime, and so they kind of kept it within the family. And Lifetime ended up um, picking us up, and and I was just really. I think we all knew that we were going to be part of something special at that particular point. it, yeah. it, it is a ground groundbreaking show we have not only five latino cast that are of women that have been talented and working within the business for a long time but then we're also sort of showcasing five very different latino women for the world to sort of get introduced to our culture you know we have like rosie my character is sort of um very loving and passionate and uh and, and heartfelt and sweet, funny, yeah. sweet. But and, and then we have Carmen, who who's played by Rosalind Sanchez, and she's sort of like the sexy, yeah. um, ambitious sort of Latina. She wants to be a pop star, so she purposely get, takes a job as the maid to a famous musician. Absolutely, yeah. and she's working very deviously <laughs> every <laughs> yeah. angle in that house. I like it the to try shows. to get to try to get noticed. Alternative then we have uh, absolutely, and then we have that mother daughter relationship that Judy Reyes is so brilliant as an actress, and uh, she gets to to play this uh, strong. Strong-willed um, mother who who's trying to have the, uh, her daughter's best interest at heart, and sometimes doesn't come off the best way. Right. But she's just being a, a, a Latin mother, and we get to showcase that. We get to showcase Eddie Gannum, who's playing Valentina, and sort of like that young. What it means to really be young and Latin in America today, and sort of like American, wanting to Americanize yourself, and right. uh, still having dreams of of wanting to be a designer and sort of, you know, th- those sort of young dreams that you have. Yeah. And then you have uh, Anna Ortiz's character, Marisol, who is the quintessential, like, Latin woman of today, smart and sassy and yeah. educated, uh, doesn't have an accent. So we get to showcase five very different women. And in a lot of, in a lot of, in, in a lot of ways, in America, in Hollywood so far, when you play a Latin woman, you're sort of playing a very one-dimensional character. Right. You're sort of like the loud-mouthed, sexy, <laughs> hot-headed Latina sort of for comic relief. And uh, even though you have other sides to you, you don't really get to showcase them in, in one particular role. So we're getting a lot of opportunity here, and we're really excited. Yeah, I think it's groundbreaking in that way. Yeah, but and it's really freaking funny. And, it is you know, funny. That's and what then I, that's you, add, you add Susan Lucci to the pod yeah, and, like, exactly. Rebecca Wasaki, Tor- Tomer, when Mariana Clavino, who my boss, who used to yeah. be in True Blood, and oh, yeah. Grand Show, and then we have Wally Parks, who's African-American, and Matt Sedano, who's Latin, and right. the Latin boss. Right. And you have a real representation of America today, sort of like this melting pot totally. of, like, whites and blacks and Latinos all at once. Yeah, and you, you mentioned Susan Lucci, so Mark Cherry. We're an Asian in there next. <laughs> 
<laughs> so Mark Cherry, he, they will be set. Yeah, exactly. And it, you know, and it takes place in LA, and we live in LA. It's a very diverse place to live. You see every kind of culture. It is out a here. very, it is a very diverse place to live. And uh, I'm just, you know, again blessed uh, to have gotten the opportunity, and that Mark really fought. In, to have this, to put to put this show out there, and to get us on the map, and Eva Longoria as a producer, oh, sort right, of getting right. some um, some hype behind it, and and I'm excited as a Latin woman to know that we're we're empowering ourselves, and that she was part of creating a show that is in, that is. Um, employing all of these Latin talent, yeah. you know? As regulars, too, not just sidekicks, Absolutely. not just popping in. You guys are the stars of the show. We, the, it, it is, it, there are our stories that are being told, and, and that's groundbreaking within itself. Then we ended up having two Latina writers also on staff. So also behind the scenes, right. we get empowered. And so hopefully this is, this is more than just groundbreaking this one time around. Hopefully this is going to open doors for these people right. to then create other shows that showcase Latino women in different ways. So this is a very important show for that reason. But it, it's, it's high in reality. and, yeah, uh, it's and, really and fun. We're not here to be politically correct all the time. Come on. Exactly. It's a show. It's debut is made. Even the, music, <laughs> even the music, you can tell, is kind of tongue-in-cheek. Like it's, oh, absolutely. It's got like a, a Spanish vibe to it, but it, it's fun. There's a lot of Spanish vibe to it, and I love it personally because I love Spanish music. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. So Mark Cherry, you mentioned, so he created Desperate Housewives, and then he this was a remake of a Mexican soap opera, Devious Maids? Yeah. Well, it's not or so much a of a remake. It, it was inspired by inspired a telenovela. By. Uh, a Mexican telenovela called uh, Son las, Ellas Son Las Alegrías del Hogar. You can't try and that, that's, What does that translate? It is way too long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we're devious maids. Okay, devious maids. So he called the devious maids. So you get that script, and were you well, like... Well, he was, you know, he was inspired by that. But just so you know, that show was actually inspired by Desperate Housewives. Oh, okay. So it was very interesting the way that it all worked out, because they made that show as an inspiration of Desperate Housewives, and then they were like, well, this is a different concept, so... Let's Would bring you it like, back to America. <laughs> let's bring it to America and like let's flip it around. And we had you know the the bases, the women were maids, and it was a little different. So, um, but I want to know what was going through your mind when you get a script called Devious Maids. Do you roll your eyes? You're like, I'm not playing a maid. Are you at kidding first. me? Let me tell you something. At first, that is a lie. I would be lying <laughs> to you completely if I said that I would roll my eyes at any script that came my way with. Uh, Mark Cherry okay. as a creator. Right. I, I, I think it's uh, I would be doing a disservice to myself well, to that's why say I, that out loud. But I knew once I knew the cast was attached, I knew there was more to it than just their playing mates. Well, I wasn't. Be. I gotta be honest with you. I don't. Nobody was attached when I read it. Right. So I you took the leap. I I read it. I thought there was a lot there for me to do, and as an actress, that's all you can hope for, mm -hmm. that somebody's going to create a character that is going to inspire you, that is going to allow you to really showcase your talent, and that's what I saw in Devious Mates, and I thought it was hilarious, yeah. um, and, and I just saw it as a great opportunity, and I was happy, I was happy, and, and my for me, I, I really identified with... Rosie's story in particular because of my own life experience right. and my parents coming here to America illegally and I really wanted a chance to tell that story and I and I got inspired by all the other stories that I saw 
um, when I read that were on the page. So I never judged. Uh, I never judge anything, and I never assume anything because of a title. Right. I really just like to dive in and like see what the content the content is all about. Yeah, but I feel like on the internet, people were saying like, why do why do Latino women have to play maids? Like, you know, there was a little controversy in the beginning. You until know what? People it was very it. interesting because like most of the most of the stuff, I, I really wonder who actually started the controversy. Yeah, of course. Because I think whoever started it just wanted to get Latinos all riled up. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, Latinos will take any shot at like trying to get riled up. They just like it. They <laughs> right. like to argue. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, and most of the articles were being written by Latino writers. And that actually saddened me. It, it really did because as Latin talent, you know, you work so hard in this business and it's so hard for you to try to crack um, Hollywood. And so you're sort of like fighting against this monster that is Hollywood, and now you have to fight against your own people. Right. And that's how I. That's how we all felt. And instead of like empowering each other and empowering ourselves, um, we felt like we have to now stand up and defend something that we were just genuinely really proud of. Right. And listen. I'm going to, if I really, we, you really want to dive into this, because yeah, I have me. a lot to say about this. No, tell me. Uh, <laughs> Clear the air. Because, by the way, now that the show's on, though, the controversy goes away because people get to see it. But the year... And that's exactly what, you know, that's exactly what I said. I said, most, if you want to talk to me about the controversy, why don't you watch up until, you know, watch the f- first Just four the, episodes. Even if you like, Even if you watch the pilot, but yeah. watch the first four. I'll give you the first four. Okay. Then we can discuss uh, what your concerns are really about. And uh, if you really want to talk about, and this is something that I touched upon a little earlier, stereotypical roles of the Latino women have not been the fact that they've been made in, in Hollywood. The stereotypical role of a Latino woman is this sexy, loud mouth, hot headed Latina that, or, or Latino. And if you want to go all the way back to I Love Lucy, Ricky right. Ricardo, these are characters that we all fell in love with. Yeah. And they are playing a stereotypical Latino role. I'm talking about Fez from that 70s Fez. show. Yeah. Talking about, you know, Sofia Vergara in Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Um, that's more current, right? And then um, Nadine Velasquez played uh, also the Latin girl in um, My Name is Earl. Right. So these are the stereotypical roles that have been happening for years. So you, as a, as a Latino community, to feel like you're very proud, which I, I am a very proud Latino woman, so I understand where their pride comes from, but to down something without actually watching it, I felt like it was a bit unfair. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it just saddened me because I, I, we, we worked so hard. We poured our hearts into these roles and to try to make them three-dimensional to then get all that heat without first people watching and, and for us to really be heard. Uh, it, felt, um, it felt like we were being attacked by our own people. And right. how, do you, how do you not take that personal? And it was also <laughs> probably at least a year bef- between the pilot shooting and airing, so you had to wait. You were just like, wait and see for a year. I, you know, it's interesting enough. I had two movies come out in between. So I had American Reunion, right. and I had to face questions about the show right. back then. <laughs> right. um, <laughs> we hadn't even started shooting episode one. And then I had Premium Rush come yeah. out. And same thing. So by the time Devious Maids came out and, and the, the, the speculation of the controversy had come out, I felt like I was so well-versed in explaining <laughs> myself yeah. and, uh, and really taking a stand and being proud of it. To me, uh, that's just the kind of person that I am. If I really believe in something, I'm going to stand behind it and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight for it because this is, a, this is a monumental time for us Latinos in America right now. And we have to stick together. We matter more united as one. 
Uh, and it would be really great if we can take a page out of the African-American book and if you, the way they support each other, that's what's made the difference in their careers in Hollywood. They have a network now dedicated to them. Right. They have tons of more movies that create tons of more roles, whether they're stereotypical typical sometimes or, or not. Right. And they're creating all of this work for all these ta um, African-American talent. Right. And if you really think about it, Hattie um, McDaniel was the first African-American to win an Oscar back in 1939, I yeah, believe. Yeah, Gone with the Wind. And what did she ago. play? A maid. maid. Right? right. Uh, and look at where they're at now. It's like we can argue within each other as a culture, but let's support one another uh, when it comes down to it. Show up, turn on your televisions, buy the movie tickets, because that's what's going to prove to Hollywood that we are an economy right. that is lucrative, that, that, that we matter, that, we actually, that our numbers actually matter. Um, and, yes, you know, Denzel Washington won for playing um, – playing a, a crooked cop in training day, yeah. he didn't win for his incredibly brilliant <laughs> performance as Malcolm X. Right. But again, it's like that support system that they have and the way they sort of back one another is what makes them now be where they're at. It's what makes Shonda Rhimes be able to create a show in which you know, Kerry Washington, who I've worked with and is a brilliant actress. I love Kerry Washington. Awesome. Yeah. Be able to play a, le a lead as a professional working in a White House. Yeah. So I think it is very important for the Latino community to stand together. I'm glad that we don't talk about the controversy anymore yeah. when, well, when it I comes just, to our show. I was just going to say, now that the show's airing and it's a hit and everybody loves it, the it's controversy awesome. went away. But that's what happens. It's all on the internet and it's all, you know, before anyone really it's, sees it's it. It's all chaotic and I think it all comes, it, it all, it, again, it just makes people, it's just made for people to get riled up yeah. and again I really the question that I really pose is like who really started it because <laughs> I don't think it was a Latino person that actually started it I think the Latino community actually grabbed onto it and ran with it yeah and it was also someone who had never read the script or seen the show obviously you and know. at this point you know what, what was interesting is that even after people that were writing articles about it after episode one two and three that was my whole thing was you're hooked on the show too because you're watching every <laughs> right. week right exactly and at this point I think you're just writing because you want your name to be out there because you, you want people exactly well that's to what it is now you. with the internet too they just need some sort of headline so if they can write why are they playing maids it's suddenly they get you know hits on the internet but really when you're actually sitting down and watching the show you're seeing exactly what you're explaining the layered characters you're seeing you know them at work but you're also seeing them with their friends but regardless you know it's like it is a television show and exactly. that's the thing that I really want to go back to it's yeah. like devious maids it's a television show it is heightened reality this is not an autobiographical <laughs> uh <laughs> a no, documentary but, right. about real you know Latin women in America. This is a television show. It's like saying that Al Bundy, you know, <laughs> right. like white yeah, all represents white all of white America. Exactly. It's like, come on, let's take, let's have some fun, and let's laugh at ourselves, and let's um, let's just move on yeah. and, and and find it entertaining because that's what it is. It is very entertaining, and also, um, so not everybody in the cast is Latina. You mentioned earlier Susan Lucci. So Susan Lucci, oh. forty years on All My Children, ABC cancels that show, which was like talk about another uproar. <laughs> on the internet people went crazy yeah. and she immediately immediately gets snapped up by Mark Cherry who's very smart to do that 
and becomes a character on TV's Made. And she is brilliant. Yeah. She is brilliant as um, Genevieve. She's so natural, too. I'm like, <laughs> she just can play that character. I mean, obviously, she did Erica so, Kane for 40 years, but she it comes so naturally to her. She's so, you know, there's something really fresh about Susan, and she has this, like, really great spirit, and I think that's what she brings to her roles. She's so um, even childish in, in, in a way. And, yeah. And that yeah, makes actually, her really charming. Right, you know? her character is very needy for the maid. Like, she hides under the bed like, <laughs> when she's having, like, a panic attack, and the maid has to talk her out from under the bed. And she's and, such a sweet boss, you know, that's the one thing that I do really, you know, she's one of the bosses that you're, like, sort of like really rooting for yeah and what's that been like for you did you watch all my children or were you familiar with susan lucci growing up i i was familiar with susan lucci and i started i watched a few um all my all my children when i was in college but yeah. I, I wasn't really i never really watched television i got kicked out of my house when i was 16 so did? i did uh, i wanted to be an actress and my my dad wanted me to be a lawyer so i sort of had to start figuring life out really young wow. and uh, i didn't have time to watch television i was trying to work wow well you pulled it off <laughs> But um, <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit. So you're 16. Where where did you grow up? I grew up, well, you know, I was born in the Dominican Republic. Right, Dominican. I moved to Washington Heights when I was 10 years old. My dad, I'm one of three girls, quickly moved us out of New York <laughs> into Jersey. Well, that's why uh, we also bonded, because we're both Jersey. Exactly. What so, part of Jersey? Uh, West New York, New Jersey. Yeah. It's my little heart. I know, I, right? I, honestly, I feel like it's a little bubble. It's so special. Yeah. Uh, and it's predominantly all Latin people. So, you know, you have Salvadorians and Mexicans and Puerto Ricans and Cubans. And um, you don't even know I had an I didn't even know I had an accent until I left <laughs> West New York and got right. to college. Right. <laughs> My first roommate was like, what, what kind of accent is that? I was like... You have an accent. Right. <laughs> On top of the fact that everyone in New Jersey, we get told we talk too fast. So you're yeah. mixing talking fast with an accent. It, it was a mess for me <laughs> when I started working. I'll tell you that much. Everybody's like, she's so great, but we can't understand her. We can't understand what she's saying. <laughs> but actually, I want to talk about this, too. So I, so just so everybody knows, so Danya and I met 2005 mm -hmm. uh, because of a movie called X-Men 3 or X-Men The Last Stand. Um, I was Brett Ratner's assistant. He directed that movie. Danya was cast as Callisto. Yes. And I have to say, I vividly remember the day watching the audition tapes in Brett's bedroom at his house. Yeah. We were watching all the audition tapes for Callisto because he came in about six weeks before the movie yeah. was starting. It was, all, it was There were other directors, Brian Singer, Matthew Vaughn, and then, and then Brett. And so we were watching, and so he got to cast a bunch of the key roles. We're watching the tapes, and I just remember we kept watching your audition. I can vividly remember it. Aww. And he was like, that's the girl. That's our girl. That's Callisto. And I agreed with him, and he told them. And at the time, I remember he said you were um, – he knew you of you. For, he knew, I don't know if you knew each other personally, but he knew your work from the Spike Lee movies. From She Hate Me. From he she told, Hate Me. He actually told me that when they called me back. Right. And um, so he said that to me. He's like – because I was like, where did they find this girl? He's like, she did 25th Hour, and mm -hmm. She Hate Me, two Spike Lee movies. And um, – so before we get back to that, I was going to say that I remember the the one thing people said was maybe she looks too much like Halle Berry to be Callisto. Did you ever <laughs> did you ever know that? You know, I that they I, said that? I found out that they said that while I you know after I was cast because I I went to you know when we all had to go to Vancouver, Vancouver yeah. and start shooting because they wanted me to gain so much muscle, right? And they were like, you have to we have to physically separate you from Halle <laughs> right. because we are very close and our complexions are very. 
close. Right. So, and um, I just remember I was like, that's actually not a bad thing. They're like, she looks too much like Halle Berry. I'm like, that's a great, that's great. What's wrong like with that? a cat fight between two hot girls. <laughs> exactly. And in the movie, they literally have a cat fight, like a physical knockdown, <laughs> hair pulling cat fight practically. Yeah. But what's great about the X-Men movies is that you're in costumes and wigs and Halle has the storm hair and you were Callisto. Oh, yeah. and, and so by the time the movie actually was being made, you didn't look anything alike. We didn't look anything alike. And I had tattoos all over right. the place. I had a tattoo on my face, right. one on my chest, one on my arm. It's right. actually how I got my second tattoo ever was uh, an extra. <laughs> really? In, oh, yeah, an extra on set. Um, Scully was his name. Uh, he he was he was just a fan of the movie, so he wasn't even trying to be an actor. He just was wanted a fan, to be on set. Wanted to be on set, and he owned a tattoo parlor, and he was an, art, an artist. And uh, he was like, "Do you like the tattoos?" And I was like, "Yeah, I, would, I don't know if I would get one on my face." But <laughs> no, never. I don't think. So. <laughs> right? But uh, I, I like I do like tattoos, and I like the idea. And I was toying around with an idea of like uh, uh, a fairy. Uh, but I don't want it to be like a typical fairy. I sort of like wanted it cooler, and I was into comic books at that time. So he made me a, a Japanimation fairy for my birthday, and that was my birthday gift from him. And um, then you got it as a tattoo? And I got it as a tattoo. I have it on my lower back. Oh, yeah. wow. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and so you get this role of Callisto, by the way. I just want to finish saying that. <laughs> sure. You book the role. You make the movie with Halle Berry. We all go up to Vancouver to shoot this movie. It took like six months to make X-Men 3. I mean, it, it I have never seen time. anything like that. I, I mean, mean I, we all bonded. I mean, I'm here on I your know. show. <laughs> exactly. I was just going to say, you really, it was like going away to camp. Yeah. And, and there were a lot of night shoots, too. So, you know. It was really, you know, long nights. And uh, we started, remember when we started shooting, it was sort of like nice. Vancouver was like was beautiful weather, yeah. summertime. By like <laughs> December, two, two months, two months into it, two three months into it, we were in freezing. like freezing weather, raining every single day. There were times that we went up to set and we couldn't even uh, film, so we right. ended up just like staying on our trailers all day and then get, gotten up. sent home because. There was no way that we could film outside. Yeah, I remember it was like day 100 and something, and we were doing this thing where, um, for whoever's seen the movie, everyone's seen the movie, but the Golden Gate Bridge is lifted yeah. up by Magneto and moved to Alcatraz, and that was yes. all rebuilt in Vancouver. So and so it was so cold that I remember we had these like heaters that were not just heaters, they had like literally they had flames Do coming out. Do you remember that. that I cried? You don't know if you remember I don't this. Know. Oh my god! From being so, too cold. I was so. It was <laughs> such a long night, and and I don't know if you remember what I what I wore, but I had this sort of like corset yeah, thing, of course. Leather, leather, and everything was like pushed together, and I had been in it for the entire day, and we were freezing. We're standing at the top of the Golden Bridge when the fight is going on, right? And uh, and I, th- I think I had one line <laughs> and to say. And I couldn't pronounce it right because by then I was so cold. Right, shivering. I, I was shivering. And I remember the studio person from Fox Dick being there. And they weren't happy with the way that I was saying it. And I just, I just broke down. I was like, I can't breathe. <laughs> right. It's off of me. I just can't breathe. Oh, man. It I know. The combination that. of the costume and the, the weather was intense. It was intense. But, you know, it was so much fun. Yeah, I had the best time. The best time. And I got to work with Sir Ian McAllen. Remember the, the, oh the breakfast he would cook at his house yeah it's just so much fun that's great yeah we should talk about the cast ian mckellen yeah uh, patrick stewart hugh jackman halle berry kelsey grammer as the beast by the way i never saw kelsey grammer out of the beast costume which was so wild because no in the way. more because i just got used to like knowing it was him because of the voice and he had a double that was also wearing it oh the same costume. So i never knew even which one was kelsey grammer it was it was i had trippy. no idea 
I had no idea for the longest time that Kelsey Grammer was actually Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> right, Because I, exactly. I used to watch Fraser. <laughs> right. And, and, and then I wasn't putting two and two together. Right. You got to understand, like, well, again, I didn't speak English till I was 12. Right. I got kicked out of my house. I didn't watch television till like, later on. So I still was catching up on, like, people's names. <laughs> right. And, like, getting to know actors. So <laughs> X-Men, I was super raw back yeah. then. It was, it was a really cool cast, too. And the newcomers, yeah. which included you and Ellen Page, played Kitty Pryde. Ellen Page, and yeah. And Brett Radner had seen her in Harvard. Candy. That's how he picked I her remember. for that. I yeah. remember. Yeah. And this was before Juno. And um, Ben Foster played Angel. Yeah. And Aaron, Ash- uh, no, Sean Ashmore and Aaron Stamford. But they had been in the other X-Men movies. But it was just such a fun young cast to be up in Vancouver with. Yeah. And then when we had the rap party. Do you remember the rap party? Of course I remember. <laughs> well, actually. I remember ha- every party, Brad. Well, I was going to say, the rap party would be hard to remember because they gave out these drink tickets. It was open bar, but with drink tickets for some reason. I, yeah, you could I just keep going it. to the front and getting more and more. I had so I many I kept giving drink my tickets. drink tickets away. You must have given I'm, them to me because. Well, I didn't need them. <laughs> right, exactly. It was, was open like, bar with drink tickets. I go there right. and get my drink. I have the best pictures from that. I, like Famke Jansen, everybody oh, gosh. doing tequila Please shots. Please don't show this. No, I won't show them publicly. I'll show them <laughs> to you. But I do have a great album online, um, private album. But uh, <laughs> we had the best time in that movie. But like I said, Brett knew you from Spike Lee. So that's what I was going to ask you today. Is is Spike Lee, does he get the credit for discovering Daniel Ramirez? I got to be honest. Spike Lee is, I consider him sort of like the my the grandfather of my, um, career. Of my career. And I'm not just talking because of She Hate Me or The 25th Hour. I'm going to take you all the way back to oh, really? like... Yeah, I so I, how I got started in in the business because I really didn't know what I was doing at the beginning. I've actually through my work, you can actually maybe see that because I've gotten better the more that I've worked because I was sort of like learning what I was doing while As I was doing it. But at and sixteen, what was it that made I, you want to be an actress? Like if you didn't, well, really... I was. I'm gonna tell yeah, you that right now. Tell me. At fifteen, <laughs> at fifteen, I used to work at the store in West New York and I used to check people's bags so they wouldn't steal. But I always would be dancing in front of the store. So this guy came in one day and asked me if I wanted to model. And so that was sort of like my introduction to the entertainment world. Okay. But I was, you know, I had been working. My first job was when I was like 12 years old. We were really, really poor. So like I sort of had this hustle mentality and I've always been sort of like a ham. Like if I think back at my life from when I was younger, I used to write songs and try to perform them. But I didn't know that this was a career that I could actually have. So the minute I started sort of like, you know, he took me to an agency and I started sort of like modeling I thought it was okay. Was it, it was legit though? Because I mean, it was not really legit. Really but legit. I moved on really quickly. I, I found out another, through another girl that I could move on to a bigger agency. Okay. So I kind of ended up at Wilhelmina at one oh, point. Wow. And um, and that Wilhelmina thing it was like I went through an open call and said I had an appointment and I didn't. <laughs> you got to <laughs> so do stuff went, like that. I, I that. went in <laughs> and uh, and then I got signed by them. And then I started sort of like doing commercials. And then a few months into it. I was sort of getting bored with the modeling. I was just like, I just wanted to do something more. And one of the casting directors for a commercial said, you know, you should maybe try to take an acting class. And she sent me over to uh, Flo Salon Greenberg's, the actor's workshop studio, workshop studio in New York. And I went in for uh, an open um, an open call day. Yeah. And I did an improv. And then she looked at me and said, you know, you should really do this for a living. You have a lot of life experience and a lot of life. And I was like, okay, sure, I'll try it. <laughs> and um, a couple months later, I auditioned. And at the time, for me, it felt like a big deal. But to be a featured extra in uh, Spike Lee's Subway Stories. Oh, right. So Subway Stories was a um, miniseries that he did for HBO along with Rosie Perez. Right. 
And he cast me as a featured extra, so I was rounds like three and eight for this like uh, <laughs> subway fight. And that's how I got my SAC card. And I, at the time, because I was doing that and we were shooting nights, I got home and my dad had had it with me and oh, left all my stuff my outside. Gosh. And that's what got me kicked out of my house. And lucky for me, I was uh, I, I started school really young in Dominican Republic, so I was starting college that same year. And I was sort of like working on a backup plan, so um, I started playing volleyball so that I could maybe help pay for school. And I had gotten really good in with the with the coach at Montclair State University. Wow. And she said if I worked, she put me in some kind of program, and she said that if I worked for her and played volleyball for her, that I could stay in in the school. So that's how I got a place to stay. So it's and like I a scholarship, of, basically. Sort of, but not really, because I still had well, to work, had to and work I work still work. had to, like, you know, I got financial aid and everything else. And so you put yourself through college. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. I just finished off. Last year, I paid off my school loan. Are you serious? I'm so excited, yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. But I took those four years off, because I was really young, and I, and I just, you know, studied in New York, kept, like, working on my craft. And when I graduated college... I drove cross country with like $2,500 to my name, came to LA, and I went to an audition, and it was a Kmart commercial that Spike Lee was directing. Wow. And he, it was just totally random. I get cast for the commercial. Did he remember you? He remembered me, and he said, if you fly yourself to New York, and I had like barely any money left, so I was like, gosh, I just got here. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you just got there. <laughs> so I, he said, if you fly yourself to New York, I'll write you a party in the 25th hour. Wow. And so I did, and I went, and he did. He wrote me a part. I worked for a week um, opposite Barry Pepper in, like, the 25th hour yeah. and uh, Rosario Dawson. I have to go back and watch it now that I and know you. Norton, I and I was the waitress right. uh, in, those in, in those scenes. And, um, and then since then, we just kind of stayed in touch. And then I heard eight, um, eight months later, maybe six to eight months later, Kim Coleman was casting She Hate Me, and they brought me in, and he was like, he called me himself at the because we had another meeting prior to that, and uh, he he sort of was mentoring me a little bit, and he was like, you know, I have this leading role, but you have to audition and you have to bring it because of course it's Spike, so <laughs> he wasn't gonna just give it Hand to it me. Hand it to you, right? <laughs> but he was. It sounds like he was rooting for you from the beginning, or at least kind of shepherding your career as yeah. best he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually got a Kickstarter now for another film that he wants to do. I just actually posted it on Twitter. Oh uh, wow! Some people had like some stuff to say, and I'm just like, you know, I, Spike. I, I owe Spike a lot, and, and he really um, gave me validation within the acting community. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, so she hate me was was probably the big break, right? Yeah, I definitely. I loved. I loved playing. I Alex was my name, and she hate me. That was also coincidentally coincidentally my entourage. name on Entourage. Yeah. But I played Alex, and she hate me opposite Carrie Washington. Yeah, so you make she hate me, and then I remember it was like it was pretty critically acclaimed, right? For Spike yeah, Lee was, movies, so, was, same with Twenty Fifth Hour. Both of those were like. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was really well great. Received. It was really great. I thought the acting in it was was really impeccable and like I said I didn't really know what I was doing too much. So he was just uh really good at really nurturing whatever was naturally going within me at the time and I think that just kind of showed. Did he shoot that in New York too? We filmed that in yeah. New York. So yeah. now you're back there. Did you reconnect with your family at any point or no? Like, did you say, um, like, look, it's working? <laughs> like, I'm a starring in a Spike Lee movie? Well, you know, to be honest with you, it's like, it's almost like when I when I think of uh, Zoila, Judy Reyes' character yeah. on, on um, 
on devious maids. You know, your parents, your Latin parents, you know, they, they work so hard and, they, you know, they sacrifice so much uh, for you to have a better future. And I think for them, it was more about that. I don't think my parents were necessarily just trying to be mean and, you know, not to be supportive. That's how I, I mean, I didn't feel that way at the time. Of course. But um, I think, thinking, thinking back on it, they were just scared. You know, this, nobody in my family did this for a living and they just, you know, they wanted, they didn't want me to fail. They wanted me to actually try to have a future and like make some money because no, nobody in my family has money. Of course, <laughs> so, yeah. um, so I think they were just scared for me and we were able to sort of like patch things through. I mean, we still work through some stuff, but my dad recently, a couple of years ago, I went to Dominican Republic cause now they've retired. Uh, so my mom and my dad live in Dominican Republic and he had a very touching moment with me in which he, he apologized and like he was that. like, I was wrong. And, you know, wrong. whether he did it for him or he did it for me, I think it was a very, it was a breakthrough moment in our relationship. So that was great. Yeah, well, he was wrong. I mean, <laughs> you proved him wrong. But also, in a way, it empowered you to go after those dreams. So in a way, they helped you in some strange way. Do Everything, you know what I mean? I, I'm one of those people that looks at, you know, the glass is always half full. Me too. That's just the way that I have to go through life. And, and I, and I, to be honest with you, I was in born in the Dominican Republic and raised in a town with like no running water, no electricity, like really like third worldish. You know what I mean? It's a very, mm -hmm. it's a different life. Like here, when you're poor, you have like the government helps you and you go to you live in the projects. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Over there, as you're sort of like in shacks, and it's a different, it's a different perspective, and it gives you a different perspective in life, and um, everything has has pushed me forward. And absolutely, my parents sort of like not um not wanting me to do it actually made me i wanted them to be proud of me so it made me work harder even, yeah. um especially at that young age yeah you're really young and too i mean i can at least speak about living in new jersey and growing up in new jersey is that hollywood seems very far away you know you don't know how you're it's gonna almost break non-existent in. right because <laughs> you're in new jersey you're in these like little towns and you're just like how am i gonna break out and you be part of this thing that I see on TV and see at the and movie I really, theater. And I really wanted to be an inspiration. I mean, I think in a lot of ways, I feel like I feel like that. Like you know, I get, I have, I, I had, a, I got a little opportunity, and I really wanted to make the best out of it. And I wanted my family and my friends and people from my hometown to feel like, hey, you know, you don't have to be stuck here. You can do so much more. Yeah. And, that's not to say that, that that's not a great place. I love where I grew up. I grow back all the time, actually. Yeah. It's nice um, to actually have the history of the small absolutely. town, I think. You go back and you get I mean, to just be yourself. You, I think, yeah, you also, get to just be yourself again. Especially when you come, you know, you're in Hollywood and everything is pretty and everything is rich. <laughs> perfect. And perfect. Right. And yeah. It's just, it's good to kind of like... You know, throw on a pair of shorts and sneakers <laughs> and, a, and a tank top and a ponytail and just walk through West New York. <laughs> right, exactly. You must get, do you get a lot of teenager, teenage girls, specifically maybe from like Dominican girls or Latina girls, asking for your advice? Like, how do I break in? Yeah, I you get that. You must get all, it on Twitter, too. I get that all the time. And, you know, and I got to say, I say the same thing that I told myself because there were many times that I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, what are you doing? You know, and at the time already, really? I mean, I, because I had, you know, I went to college, I graduated with a communications degree i actually um interned for um what, uh, what is the oprah winfrey's husband stedman graham oh, stedman graham stedman graham had a company an advertising company in new york city oh, okay and i interned there and they offered me a job really you know so when, like for when i got out of college and 
you know, I was just like, no, I'm going to be an actress and be broke and go to L.A., you know? <laughs> the dream. <laughs> the dream. I'm going to just do what I want to do. And, I, you know, it's really just believing in yourself and perseverance and not stopping at anything. And whenever you get down, and I had a diary that I was keeping, and at times I was just like, gosh, I just, like, I don't have any money to pay my rent, and what else can I do? And I was, like, doing everything that I could. I was, you know, rollerblading at a club to, like, make extra money at wow. night. like. Anything that I could, and I'm—I mean, I'm proud of everything that I've done. But I've done pretty much everything. I yeah. mean, I shake—I shook my butt in a music video more than once. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes to get noticed, I guess. But do, do you still keep a diary, or no? Um, I don't. You know, it was actually a very special time in my life, and I think more than anything, it was more therapy okay. than any, anything for me. I think I needed. It's a very lonely place, LA, sometimes, and 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 the industry itself. You're sort of surrounded by people but alone yep you're always around so. people but yeah you got to be careful like that's why it's cool that we met when we did because yeah. i was an assistant to a director at the time and you know it's like that was 2005 yeah and so at least you know we met with the, at the humble beginnings i like to say for sure you know, for sure because now it's tricky you don't know if people are just being nice because they want a part on devious mates who knows <laughs> you know and if, and if that's the case that's fine but i i like to be connected with what feels real and yeah. what feels honest and most of the time that's really yourself yeah so i like to be connected to me a lot of the time and i think you know keeping a diary and being able to kind of put my thoughts out there helped me a lot and um and i do that now with my characters and with my roles and in, i don't keep a diary anymore but every time i play a role i do kind of like lay out their backstory and i think about like my life and sort of like what can i bring of mine and and for Rosie, what I did was a lot of my, I a lot of things that I had internalized in my upbringing with my mom leaving me and my dad leaving me behind and what that must have felt like. And I sort of like, I make Rosie sort of like my dream mom, what I would have wanted my mom to be. I'm going to oh, wow. me cry right I'm now. I'm going to cry. <laughs> so, um, no, that's so really just, interesting too. So it is therapeutic in a lot of ways because it helps you sort of like phase for me, acting does that for me now. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Do, you, do you keep those diaries from the early days? Do you still have them? I'm not attached to anything. You don't keep, like, any I don't material keep, stuff? I don't know. I, I, I've moved around so much in my life, and, and I've always had to, like, let go of things that it's almost like people, too. You know, pe there are people that come into your life, and you never speak to them again, and you might have a bad break up with them and I'm not talking about relationships only yeah, yeah. I'm talking Just about friendships people and people in that in come into your life, life. Yeah. yeah and uh, and you take I like to just remember the good and I take that with me mm. and and why look back at it? And I don't just I don't just don't see the point in looking back because then you always find bad, and that'll always bring something negative. So where are those diaries? Are they I don't in know. Storage somewhere? I have no idea. <laughs> I gotta wow. be honest. I have no clue. I think I might have. I leave things, and I've, maybe they're in a box in a garbage. I don't know. <laughs> somewhere One day, the someone's going to publish the lost Daniel Ramirez diaries. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Maybe somebody picked it up one day and read it and felt inspired by yeah. it. So who knows? I do you know? keep a journal. That's why I asked. I keep a journal. You do, and it's I, this book. It's called like one line a day or something. Even though I write, I'm, I write more than one line. But basically, it's, it's it might be cool that something you might like. But it, each page has five years on it so five spaces for five years so i started in 2011 so i'm on the third space now for 2013 and every time you get to that date you fill in like what's going on in your life and you can look on that date 
the previous two years what you were doing too, so you can kind of track that how far you've really come. That sounds really cool. I saw a friend of mine doing it one day, and I'm like, I'm going to try it, and I like it because I just see like, wait, I'm still talking about that project from two years ago. I better get on it. I better it. get it done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a cool way to track what's going on, or you're just thinking yeah. about something, you just express some feeling. Whatever you want to write that day, you just put it on that date. That sounds cool. It's I mean, really I neat. think I think anything that 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 keep, helps you keep motivated. That, yeah. That's what that's what you should do. For me, honestly, there's a lot of things in my past that were great, and some things were painful. And I try to tackle anything. And a lot of people think I'm very abrasive sometimes. And I, I think you're mean, just honest. You're very. Well, I don't honest. mean to be. I think sometimes that that gets taken the wrong way. I'm just really trying to attack everything face forward. And like, if this issue is about a problem now, let's just handle it now. And yeah. Because I'm never gonna look back on it again, and I don't want to. See, I envy that actually. <laughs> I envy that about you because when I move, anytime I move places, I have so much stuff that I have to move <laughs> that it's a nightmare packing and unpacking because I, I attach. I, I have like sentimental value on everything. Oh, that's I, sweet, though. No, see, I, I envy your situation where you could just pick up and go. It's great. I pick up and go, and I don't ever think about it, and I, I, to be, I completely forget. Do you keep any <laughs> memorabilia from sets, though, like costumes or props or anything? I do keep my uh, the backs of my chairs. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's and, very um, cool. I'm keeping all of those, and then I'm hoping that one day, you know, I'll get a big old house and, and I have them. a... I have a, a an entertainment room, and then I want to frame them, but like in a glass, so right. that you, so can, you can see, see the front and the. back. I was just gonna say both sides. You gotta so do maybe boxes. So you have like a cool door that you can open. Oh, up that would be cool. Or no, it should cool. it should rotate so you can spin it. The front you, and the back. You, you got me making millions. Wow. I like this, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. That's really cool. That's a cool thing to collect. I'm gonna do the same thing with the back of director chairs when my name is on them. Um, but on a on a lighter note, and then we're talking about the past. So, what's it like when you're driving down Sunset Boulevard? And is it was it this building that we're in yeah, right the now? Nine thousand. Yeah. That you guys were the size of the building. Oh yeah, and and I live really close by here. Oh, that's right. So the first time I saw it, and it was I was the first one coming on. <laughs> right. I was like, right. Is that my leg? Oh <laughs> right. my god, that's my leg. Right, because overnight they slowly put these. I mean, for people who don't know. On Sunset Boulevard, this, these billboards are the size of buildings from yeah. seal, you know, from the roof down. Yeah, it was this <laughs> building. So I'm driving by and I see you up there with your co-stars, and I was just like, Danya is the size of a building. Aww, and it, it was, was so cool. It was a very surreal moment to see myself up there. I remember my husband and my stepson. We all like walked through Sunset, and I got on top of uh, <laughs> people thought I was crazy <laughs> on the fence? Boulevard. Not on a fence. I got on top of the, the mailbox. <laughs> okay. So I got on top of the mailbox, and I was like all pointing at the at the billboard. It was very very cool. Oh, it's awesome. You know, it's so interesting because. Now I appreciate because I've I've worked for a long time now yeah. and I've I appreciate things way more now I think because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't right. know the business and I sort of was like just working really hard at any opportunity that I got even X Men to me I didn't know, really know that it was going to be that big of a as deal like I was just like oh I'm doing X Men that's great like I like the paycheck <laughs> right you know but you said you were a comic and book I, fan you liked comic books? I like the comic books but I got into comic books because of X Men oh okay oh, and okay. yeah while I was shooting X Men so I remember when we did that red carpet that crazy long red carpet are you talking uh, about Cannes the, the Cannes see film I didn't festival. I didn't get to go to that but the cast of X Men three went to the Cannes Film Festival and premiered it and I saw the video and it looked like the most unbelievable premiere it was ever. incredible and i remember walking up those steps yeah. within my dress 
and I was waving at everybody. I was like, why, why are we waving? Right. I was thinking about it, like, there's these people, why are we waving to these people? <laughs> and now, those, I have a picture from that moment, and I think back on it, and I was like, I didn't realize how big of a deal that was, while, when it was, it was while it was happening to me. So now I try to sort of, like, take, really, take everything in, right? you know, while it's happening, because moments come and go and you never know when you know, I don't know if I'll ever go back to the can I hope so to you the can film of festival. You will. I hope so, but you never know. You never know, right. You never know. I, so I also think something interesting in, in Hollywood too is like when you shoot a project, yeah. you're already you know, working on your next project by the time that one comes out. So you've kind of already moved on to other stuff, and then totally. you have to do a press junket for something you shot a year ago. So I think that's where it comes from, too, is it's hard to live in the moment because while everyone's celebrating your last thing, you're filming your next thing. Something else, yeah. yeah. But at least that's what's nice about Devious Maids is it's a TV show, and you're a lead and a regular, so it's ongoing. So at least it's a project that you can, you know, keep And hopefully, doing. you know, it keeps going. Well, we've, that's why, we've, yeah. we've been very lucky, you know, we've, we've grown. It's, it, that's yeah. very rare. You know, a lot of times, you know, television, shows open up and then they go down yeah um afterward afterwards no this is one of those this is one of these like yeah you know the word of mouth has been great so you know more and more people are coming on and watching and the people that have watched are coming back and they're telling other people and so we're getting a lot of a lot of attention and i think lifetime in general is you know we're changing it's changing a little bit of the face of lifetime like people are coming into lifetime well, yeah. it's kind of, I was thinking that too. It's kind of cool that it ended up on Lifetime because now you're their big show. Whereas on ABC, they have so many shows, like, you know. And, and now- I just have to give a shout out to Nina Litterman um, also and Amy Baker over at Lifetime because they really believed in the project and they worked so hard. Amy is like the head of ad sales they over were smart. there. And, you know, she's worked so hard to get, you know, advertisement on the show. And, uh, and Nina Litterman just really took it and made it her baby. And, yeah. Uh, Rob also the head of um, programming over there for scripted and we just we we got very lucky to be at a network that not only believed in the project but that really took it in as its baby and they really wanted wanted it to be su- uh, successful and 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 gave us the legs that we needed. Yeah, well, I want guys to tune in too, so that it gets double the amount of viewers. So now I, I, I want to be. To I want to be the I voice. I think guys should tune in just because hot it's women. hot. Well, I know. I was going to say the <laughs> billboard. They were very smart. They put you guys in like hot black dresses instead of maid uniforms. It's hot, and 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 then it's something that they, you can you can enjoy with your girlfriends or your wives yeah. because they're going to love it because it's really smart and it's really funny and it's fun to talk um, about after. And it's fun to talk about afterwards, yeah. of course. Um. So I, here's where it's a little inside the actor studio. I'm going to mention some projects and you just tell me your memories from these projects throughout the career of Danya Ramirez. Ooh. Okay. So 2003, you did Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show. Badass. Were you? So that's kind of comic book too. I love it. I loved it. I mean, I'm telling you, it, it, I get to pl- play Rosie now and she's so soft <laughs> yeah, and like sweet. kind-hearted, but most of the time I'm playing this sort of like action right, sort of Calisto villain. So too, I played Caridad and I was a potential slayer. Were you a fan of that show? That was, you know, our first, my first scene on Buffy was meant to be only one episode, and it was a dream sequence for Xavier, and it was myself and Rachel Bilson. Oh, I and love And that's the Rachel last Bilson. time I actually saw Rachel. I haven't seen Rachel in years. Wow, you guys have to work together again. <laughs> for sure. And then you can set me up with her. <laughs> um, and then 2004, um, Fat Albert. 
Now, I want to talk to you about Fat Albert because oh, so fun. it was written by Bill Cosby. He created, obviously, the cartoon, but the movie version in 2004. Oh, we got to meet him. He I was mean, so cool. Honestly, I was just because I was such a fan of the Cosby show. Yeah, of course. That I did know. Yeah, that show you watched, right. <laughs> that show I watched. So I was a big fan of the Cosby show. And I that's another thing that I had no, I never grew up watching the cartoons, and then they sent me the cartoons. and. <laughs> Um, oh, I watched those cartoons for sure. <laughs> Fat Albert. I loved it. It was, um, that was cool. It was a stressful job for me because that's when I was coming off of doing She Hate Me and, I, and my accent was very, very thick um, in She Hate Me. And so for Fat Albert, which was more of a studio film, they wanted me to lose my accent a little more. And I had a um, dialect coach that was working with me and it was a very stressful job. I remember just like thinking of like, I just got to pronounce my T's. Well, my they obviously T's. really wanted you if they hired you even <laughs> with the accent. They're like, we'll make it work. We'll make this work. It was a lot of fun. And Keenan Thompson played Fat Albert. That must have been fun. He's on yeah. Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see Keenan again because we had, we had a blast. I mean, honestly... I was uh, I was a lot older. I just looked a lot younger than everybody. You still do. Everybody you else. Like, you look you're exactly the same as when I met you eight oh, years ago. Thank you, thank you. you it was good. a lot of fun. We were playing games uh, in between uh, in between takes. Where did all you guys? Sh- where did you shoot Fat Albert? We shot it here. Oh, you did? Sh- yeah, we shot it at Paramount Studios and over at um, Sony. Studios what was that like as well. to drive onto studio lots? That's like the Hollywood. Oh my God, it was great. Dream. Except one night we were working so late, I actually hit ate an extra in uh. front of me coming out of the studio. <laughs> oh, you were, and with your I, car? Falling, yes, with my car. <laughs> I was falling asleep and it was a red light and I guess I must have let go of the gas. Oh, and no. I hit this, uh, this, this, thank God that they were like on the show and they, they came understood. out and they were like, it's okay, we're all so tired. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Well, sad, but funny. Um, <laughs> and then I was going to say it was directed by Joel Zwick who did Full House, Family Matters, Step by Step, huge TV sitcom director. Oh, wait, and the... Um, Big fat Greek wedding. Oh right, don't That's forget right. that. That's right. Yeah. So that must have been really cool. Yeah, yeah. He was great, and his daughter was all also. She was always on set, and they were a lot of fun. Yeah. And so that's 2004, 2005. We talked about X Men: The Last Stand. Yes. And um, what I, the one thing I was going to mention about it too that we didn't mention is that it had the biggest Memorial Day weekend opening ever. It, I, believe me, when you work for Brett, you <laughs> you make sure that you you know you know you hear him say it once or twice. <laughs> but that we beat Steven Spielberg's record for Lost World Jurassic Park that that weekend and it was the biggest memorial day thing and it was huge i mean i just remember it was all anyone was talking about it people were like i saw your name in the credits i was like cool wasn't that cool i was very far down but it was very very surreal it was the first time i actually learned about numbers right oh yeah it (laughs) made like like 123 million i I never i was just like at the time you know before x-men i was just like i just need to get a job right and then uh, when x-men came out yeah yeah. spike lee movies are usually limited new york la for sure for sure this was like everywhere and we did break records and I was so proud to be a part of that yeah and did you get noticed more after X-Men did you get recognized more or at I least recognized, more offers it's very interesting because like as far as like just people and fans I look very different than I do in my regular life I think also I think you know doing television I get to look more like myself so yeah. I think people recognize me a little more from television when I get to do movies I think they, they do more of a transformation so uh, I get a lot because people recognize my voice so I get a lot of people come up to me and say, hey, did we go to, did we go to high school together? Exactly. Yeah. They don't really, they can't really pinpoint where they know me from. Right. How do you handle those situations? Do you ever have I, to come I out and say? I said probably, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then they keep hounding you and you're finally like, do you, you know, own a TV? It, you know, it, it's very tough because, you know, when you get that question, it's not, it's never that simple. It's like, 
are you in you know do you, are you an actress and then and then you say yes and then what have I seen you in and then uh, they want you to start mentioning I know. The stuff it's a and then you end up mentioning your whole resume and half the time they're like I don't watch TV <laughs> <laughs> oh I haven't seen that movie right exactly <laughs> it's like thank you this was a great this was, was great like, I'm always like yeah so that I learned my lesson I was like oh, maybe we did go to high school together yeah, exactly yeah I think we did um, so I remember seeing because I knew you at this point you got Sopranos 2006 2007 and I knew you so when you joined a show that oh. I already loved, that was huge. I remember telling everybody, Don is joining Sopranos. What was I was that obsessed. Like? I was obsessed with Sopranos. Sopranos is a very interesting story because apparently the casting people were trying to get me to come in, and my agents had passed on it no after way. X-Men. And so oh, they were I like, she's lucky. a movie star now. I was lucky <laughs> enough that Sheila Jaffe knew me uh, through a friend of mine, and so she got my number and called me direct, and I was like, I, w- I love The Sopranos. Yeah. I just, I was you know, it's Jersey such girl. A, I'm a Jersey girl. I I lived in New York for years. I just I just loved it, and I thought the acting was just phenomenal. And to get an opportunity to work with David Chase was incredible. Yeah. So I was like, uh, yeah, I'm coming in. I played Blanca Salgado. I yeah. had a, I had a kid. Yeah, you were AJ's girlfriend. AJ is Anthony I Jr. Broke, played by Robert Eiler. I I broke his heart. You yeah, did. But after that 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 first uh, love scene that we had, I don't know how I could not have broken his. I think right. I divergenized him. Yeah, I think on so. television. Yeah, <laughs> on television, I think I was his first. Yeah, uh, and you were a little out of his league, I think. But you you got, he's had good chemistry. Hey, you never. What's out of? I know. Leagues? I know. Come on. Okay. I like to give people That's a, good a fair answer. shot. All right, I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> Um, you got to obviously work with Tony Soprano, or I should say James Gandolfini. James Gandolfini. Which is so sad that he passed away. I'm still in shock yeah. about that. But that's, but, and Edie Falco. I mean, the fact that you got to work with this level. Like, you're coming into a show that's already established. They won Emmys. That must have just been surreal. You know, it's, it's, it's surreal. But, again, at the same time, I, I didn't, I was just sort of, like, going through the motions of working at that time. And I didn't know what was a big deal and what wasn't. Right. And I was just... I was excited to to be working with such talented people, and yeah. I felt like they were. I was learning so much, and they were making me so much better. And I walked into a situation where they felt like a family. I mean, it was towards the last. It was not the last season. I came in the season before the last season, and right. I stayed in through the last season. And there was just such a such an easy feeling on set of like. You know, everybody was so so much these characters that yeah. it became really easy to yeah. kind of blend in and. It was my first time working with a kid. Actually, I had a three-year-old oh, right, yeah. uh, that I would work that I worked with, and those scenes—you have no choice when you have a child on, on a show, but to be in it. the moment. Yeah, we had so many soprano dinners that we had to sit in, and <laughs> he would grab the spaghetti and throw it up in the air, <laughs> and I'm trying to dodge so that my my wardrobe doesn't get spaghetti sauce on it while I'm right. finishing my lines. That's so it funny. Was, uh, it was a lot of fun, and you know, I did get to work with James Gandolfini. I was one of the the few blessed people that got to do so, mm-hmm. and and just you know, we're totally. I was totally touched and definitely um, saddened by his death. Yeah, Jamie Sigler was on the podcast, and I'll send you that episode. We talk a lot about The Sopranos, but she um, who's amazing, oh, such a amazing. sweet girl, sweet girl, talented, and but she talked about how. You know, she learned so much from like sitting across the table with Tony Soprano and between takes, the advice he would give her and stuff. And it was just amazing. He's one He's of the like best a family. actors. And Edie ever. Falco, I mean, let's Brilliant. talk about 
what a woman. <laughs> yeah. And Aida, did you remember Aida? Oh, yeah. Aida I loved Aida. That must have been so Her cool to just be around <laughs> that cast because to me, they're the characters. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And you're just like looking around the table. Oh, you're yeah. like, I'm having dinner with the Sopranos. Oh, yeah. Right I remember one time we were filming in Jersey and I was getting driven by the guy. Even the guys that were like the, the transpo guys had been there for years. Right. And I, I remember we were stuck in traffic, and somebody wouldn't move, and I just remember the driver getting out of the driver, uh, the driver's seat and going over, and I don't know what he told the guy in front of him, <laughs> but things started moving. Right. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Even, oh, maybe we're with the real mob here. Right. I don't know. I was going to say, even the drivers <laughs> are involved. Um, so after Sopranos, you started doing a lot of TV, actually. You did Heroes. See, at this point, I, I was on the Donnie Ramirez train, so I knew oh, everything. Oh, I love so you. you did that 2007, 2008. Yeah. And that's still also kind of a comic book superhero. That was very cool. Yeah, yeah. I got to play Maya Herrera on that. Yeah. And that was the first time that I was doing an American television show that I got to speak Spanish. Oh, and yeah. for the first couple of episodes, I only spoke Spanish. Uh, and that was, you know, it was, it was right. exciting. It was exciting. And I got to work with um, such talented people. I mean, I got to be honest, everybody on that show was just incredible to work with. And, and it, was it was NBC. Such a beautiful, it was a beautiful major, family. It was NBC. Major yeah. network. Yeah. That's a big thing. And then another show that I loved, you joined the cast of in 2010, Entourage. Ooh, watch out. Another established <laughs> hit show. So another thing where you walk in and you're like, okay, this show wildly popular and I'm just gonna walk on in and I was very lucky you know in my television career because I was I was blessed to be a part of such incredible shows and come in, come in at a time that they were already established. Yeah. Um, really and just, cool. you know, just got a, a chance to go in and sort of shine and, and do my thing and, and then sort of, like, get out of it um, very seamlessly. Yeah. And, um, and now I get to play a lead on a real show, and, and now this is Devious Maid. So I, I, I've the, been very blessed one. and very, very, very lucky. Yeah. And I just want to say you played Alex, Turtle's girlfriend. I did. The Avion girl. Avion. And, and by the way, there's billboards <laughs> around L.A. for Avion. Like, tequi- it's a real tequila now. Oh, it is a real tequila. <laughs> no, it's actually was a real tequila prior. I believe the owner of Avion it was friends with Doug Ellen. Oh, I thought um, they created it for the show and then decided to make it real. No, life. no. I, he was, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that he was friends with uh, Doug Ellen, who is the creator of the show, and so he kind of like wrote that storyline right. and, and used uh, the Avion tequila for it. So. Oh, cool. And that has, was so, very cool. So was that because, do you think Sopranos led to Entourage because of the HBO family and they were familiar with you and they're like, let's bring Danya in as, as Turtle's girlfriend? It was uh, it was cast by Sheila Jaffe as well. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that had, um, he had, he had some to do with it, I had to, to. I had to audition oh, for both did? parts. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, That's I went in and auditioned for for both parts, and you know, Alex was. I think at the time when I first went in, they weren't thinking of Alex as, as Latin. So I remember walking in and like not <laughs> recognizing anybody that looked like me in there. Um, I love that. And then, and then I, and then they had me come back in, and Mark Wahlberg was in the room, and Doug Allen was in the room, and then they had me sort of like do a cold reading with Jerry Ferreira, Jerry who Ferreira. played Turtle. Right. And my first movie ever was um, Cross Bronx. It was a little independent film that I did in New York City that went to Tribeca Film Festival. Larry Golan directed it. Oh wow. Um, Max Max um, Greenfield, that's now on New Girl. New Girl was in it. Um, it there was just we there were so many talented actors that started in this tiny oh, little movie. That. I wanna see that called Cross Bronx. And uh, and I had worked with Jerry Ferreira. That's how we met back then. So we got we had gotten a chance to work again. And when they so said cool. you guys do a cold reading, it was just sort of like 
we just had really good chemistry and we knew each other. So yeah. it worked out from the beginning. Yeah. And actually, speak, I just realized, speaking of Jamie Lynn Sigler, she also played Turtle's Girlfriend on Entourage. So you both went from Sopranos <laughs> to yes. be Turtle's Girlfriend. Yeah. Well, thank you, HBO. Yeah. They seem very loyal. Well, actually, the next thing I want to talk about, American Reunion, which you brought up earlier, 2012. Yes. What's interesting about that is the same thing that you just said about Alex on Entourage is that I had read that script because I'm friends with um, John Hurwitz and Hayden Schlossberg. They're yes. Jersey guys, too. Oh, yeah. I've known them since I moved to L.A. because people in Jersey were like, you got to find these guys when you get out there. They had ha- written Harold and Kumar as a spec when I met them. It was a sample, and it became a movie. And, um, and I remember reading the script, and they were casting, and your role of Selena, she had a different name, and was she was... Some, she was black. Oh, uh, she was black? She was, uh, from my understanding, she was African-American. Um, oh, I think she was just... I think it was, like, nondescript, and she had oh, a different but name. Oh, I thought, but I thought... I mean, I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I thought when I went in, they, the, girl, the, the girls that they had sort of, like, thought of... Oh, narrowed it what, down to. Narrowed it down to. That's probably what happened. We're African-American. But um, I think her name was changed to Selena for you. I think she became Latina because she you got did. the role. She did. Selena Vega because I got the role. And, and that that's, was, you know... Big. The interesting part about American Reunion was that Peter Kramer, who works for... Who, you know, is the head of Universal. Yes. Um, Peter Kramer... Um, I had auditioned for this film a long, long time ago, and this is, nobody really knows about this, but... Um, it was American Gangster. Oh, wow. And at the time, I had booked the role of Danzel Washington's wife. And at the time, it was Danzel Washington, Benicio Del Toro, myself. And uh, it was going to be directed by Antoine Fuqua. Wow. And then the movie, for whatever reason, didn't happen. Like, And we found out like a couple of weeks before we started shooting that it wasn't going to happen. So then a couple of, two years later... It came back up, and uh, and then they ended up recasting everything. Right, and um, and Peter sort of like remembered me from that time, and he was like, "I felt like I owed you one." So that's the, really Peter cool. Kramer made me the offer for Selena Vega. Well, they changed it to Selena Vega in yeah. American Reunion, and I got to work with Universal, and that was just a awesome, awesome, and an incredible experience. And that's another experience where suddenly you're in the mix of a cast you've seen before because it was the fourth yeah. in the American Pie movies. And so, yeah. what was that like? You all, you're at because you played. You were a bartender. <laughs> I know I was a bartender. I I love it. I I, I feel I feel like uh, I, by then I'm a pro. I'm walking into something that's <laughs> yeah. already been done. And they're also like, and everything you do, it's like so iconic <laughs> in pop culture. Like everyone knows that cast from American Pie. I and I I was a f- big fan of the first American. Me too. I mean, the first American Pie was Absolutely. just like, especially at the time. You know, it was in 1996 that he. Something I think like it was that. later, like 98. Because I was 96 or 98, I, something like that. I think I had graduated high school and I got to see a sneak okay. preview and I didn't know anything about it and when you see the scene of him like having sex with a with pie, the pie and not a- knowing I mean I just remember we were falling out I mean, of our I chair I fell laughing. out of my chair <laughs> laughing and yeah. I just I just remember you know at the time growing up with these kids and throughout right. these movies and I'm just loving it. So to walk in and sort of get a chance to blend in and, and sort of like <laughs> play, be, play, play a part yeah. and play with them, it was really cool. And that was I, we filmed it in Atlanta, um, what so was, we just had a blast. What were John and Hayden like as directors, as an actress? Oh, John and are Hayden they were they're just so much fun. They're the nicest It's a guys. comedy too, so yeah. it was like not only are they nice, but you know you have so much fun on set. You're like everybody's goofing around. <laughs> you're just trying to keep from laughing right. while you're shooting your scenes. And your character Selena was like the ugly duckling. So <laughs> th- we see your yearbook picture. Yeah. And you had braces <laughs> and acne, and you were heavier, yeah. and now you look like you. And you and Finch, played by Eddie K. Thomas. 
sort of reconnect as two former high school nerds. Yeah, I make him, you know, he was into um, MILFs, and right. I make him sort of forget about that. I'm like, come on, get with the young and the hot. That's right, exactly. <laughs> and the way they had to, so they had to top the scene where Jason Biggs is with a pie in the first one. <laughs> so in this one, they had him naked, and he covers himself with the lid of a pot, except he grabs the wrong one, and it's glass and see-through. Yeah. And you're in that scene with Alison Hannigan. You two are standing there when he does that. that what was that like? That was my first day of work, so I got to see Jason Biggs' junk my first day of work. So at that point, you're sort of like walking into a set and, and a movie, and you're like, okay, so anything goes here. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just it, it's it was so it, he's so comfortable playing the role, and 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 I felt like I was sort of being in a in a in a different kind of way, a part of this this incredible iconic scene yeah, of American Pie and this it's is really like years cool. later it's pretty cool really cool um, and then you mentioned this earlier too 2013 you made the movie uh, Premium, Premium Rush. Rush with Joseph Gordon-Levitt cool movie I saw that movie and I have no idea Thank how they you. filmed it I was like how did they film it <laughs> you guys are on bikes going so they fast they filmed it with us on bikes going fast it's crazy um, I actually got a, a my a scar lasered off my leg I fell every single day off of my bike Joseph went through a Cap's windshield. He got like um, something like forty something, thirty something stitches on his arm. Oh my god! Um, it was dangerous. We were, you know, we were, were bike riding in New York City. What were the cameras on? Cars driving next to you, or how did some it of them were. Sometimes the cameras were um, on a on a truck in front of us. Uh, sometimes the camera was on a bike on a motorcycle. Uh, next to us it's and going crazy. around us. Sometimes there were little cameras on the actual, like, you know, the bike was sort of, like, propped into this thing, and the camera was sort of, like, um, taping us that way. It was um, it was really cool. David Kep, you know, who who wrote Spider-Man and, right, right, right. and, um, and Jurassic Park, uh, wrote and directed it. So he was, like, really keen to not only creating an action thriller, but then to make sure that the characters were, that you cared about the characters. Yeah. And uh, even though we were riding bikes the whole time, we're sort of delivering all of our dialogue while yeah. riding. It was It was insane. exhausting. It looked it. Um, it was, I mean, you saw, I, we talked about X-Men yeah. and, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This film was physically the harder, the hardest film I ever, I ever did. I bet. Because we, you know, you had to have your stamina up. I was afraid of bike riding. I didn't tell them that in the audition, but I was. <laughs> but how did they shut down so many streets in New York? Like they couldn't shut down. That was the problem. Are you just problem. going in circles? How did they you do couldn't it? really shut down. They only they could only shut sh- shut down um, shut down one lane. So oh we God. we were live traffic was still happening around <laughs> us, and uh, a lot of times we felt like we were going to crash. Because you're like believe, I can believe your reps let you do this. That they didn't say, you know, you're risking your life. I like it. I like it. I mean, that's the cool thing about being an actress is that you sort of can, you know, be a chameleon and, like, live out this little life for a couple of months and, like, really commit to it. But you had to do your own stunts, basically. Well, we had stunt people also. I can't take credit for that. Well, not the flying off the I cannot. You know, this girl, Aisha, was just incredible. Um, Kim was amazing. She was one of my doubles. And, um, you know, we had really great, talented people. The cool thing about the movie that I love is that it reminded me of, like, these 90s movies where, like, it's real-life action. Like, there's no big explosion and no green screens. Like, this is... So, every time somebody falls, you really feel like, ah, that hurt. Yeah, and it's almost in 
real and it time. Did. It's like going <laughs> that movie moves really quickly. And also, um, you I got to work with Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt, who's an incredible actor. He was amazing. Um, and, and Jamie Chung was great. I love Jamie Chung. Yeah, she's yeah. cool. And Michael Shannon played the villain. So, you know, I that's another, it was just a group of actors that was just incredible. Have and, you seen The Iceman yet? Michael Shannon's movie? I have not you seen have the Iceman. I, ha- I so cannot wait to see it. We had Ariel Roman on the podcast. We talked all about the Iceman. It, Michael Shannon's one of the best actors out there, for sure. So he's, that's a great cast that you got to work with. Yeah, he's brilliant. I've been really, again, really blessed to have worked with like great people. And that's all part of, you know, it's a big acting school, I feel. Yeah, no, absolutely. But <laughs> I just met um, Susan Sarandon recently, and, and she was telling me, she was like, well, I've never really studied, you know. It's just more like through your experience and, you know, bringing a lot of yourself to, to, to your roles that you sort of can tap into something real, and hopefully people can connect with that. Yeah, you learn as you go, and you learn from all these greats, and then people learn from you, and it just keeps going. But also, um, you, and Premium Rush was in New York City, so you've been very lucky that you've gotten to go home to New York and New Jersey and work on a lot of And a lot of, you know, all my family and my friends, they all live back on the East Coast, so yeah. it's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, actually, there's one more story I want to do before I do the last thing. And the other story I was going to say is, I meant to say about American Reunion, was the um, premiere. You missed the premiere of American Reunion because of Devious Maids, right? I was shooting the pilot. I was shooting that scene where I'm talking to my son on the phone. Oh, the crying scene. The crying scene. And, well, that scene, was. I mean, we shot it from every possible angle. It was hours of crying and crying and crying and... um, we were shooting a lot of stuff, you know, we didn't have a lot of time, and uh, when you're shooting a pilot, you're sort of, like, cramming everything into, like, two weeks. Right. So the days were going really long, and unfortunately, I couldn't get out. I didn't make I didn't make. But my you were premiere. going. you were going to, like, you were planning I was, to. I was planning. I went to the party afterwards. Yeah. I showed up at the party and said hi. Yeah. Uh, I had my beautiful dress. I don't think I saw you at the party. I don't, because I remember I texted I walked- you. And I was like, I'm going to your premiere, and you're like, I'm at work. I was like, oh, my god! I walked into the party. I stayed for, like, maybe 20 minutes, okay. and then I just, I mean, I had been working since super early, and my call time was the next day at, right. like 6 o'clock in well, the morning, it, so. I was going to say, it's a good problem to have that you can't make your premiere for one big movie because you're shooting your <laughs> pilot that becomes a big show. Yeah. So it all works cool. out. Yep. Okay, so the last thing we do here at On The List is, it's called the mystery question. And so I have my guest from the previous week leave a mystery question for my guest the next week. Oh, no. So I don't even know what's in this envelope. My guest last week, his name is Israel Broussard, or last podcast. He's the star of The Bling Ring, that movie. Mm-hmm. So I have no idea what he put in this envelope. So you open that, and that's how we end the show. What is his name? Israel Broussard. Israel. Let's see what you did for me. <laughs> and oh, then I'm going to have you oh. fill one out for the next show. Okay. I already answered this question, really? Israel, but I'll answer it again. What's the question? Is the glass half full or half empty? Wow. See? Uh, I'll say it again. It is always half full. Wow. I love ending on that. There you go. That's amazing <laughs> that you answered the mystery question. That's the first time that ever happened, that the mystery question was answered within that, the interview. That can only tell me that Israel is a very smart guy. He is. A young guy. you got to go see Bling Ring. He was great in it. But most importantly, people have to watch Devious Maids. I actually signed up on iTunes for the season pass. And I, I love it. Because I think that's really a way that networks see that people are watching, more so than ratings, are, you know, um, iTunes downloads. But ratings are also very important. Yes. So it comes on on Lifetime at 10 well, p.m. Well, I DVR it too. Yeah, 10 p.m. So, on Lifetime Sundays. on Sunday nights. And I have to say this because a lot of people don't know this. 
but you can play your DVR and not necessarily have to watch it, and it counts as ratings. But if you, it has to be played by two a.m. Oh, really? Yes, for the overnight ratings. For the for for the main ratings. Yeah, because they which also are the do ones like, that sort of like count. Then they do overnights that don't count as much. So yeah, they do like plus three, want, plus seven. They, exactly. they really have it down. Exactly. So listen, if you're too tired, just play it, turn off your TV, and just leave <laughs> and, it playing. Who, exactly. Nobody will know. And then watch it the next day. Watch well, it the next. What's day. great about Devious Maze though, in that regard with ratings, is that it's the kind of show that you want to be in the know of what's happening because like Desperate Housewives it starts with a mystery a murder and we do a lot of live chats also during the show that's right uh, on, on Twitter so my Twitter is at Dania J. Ramirez and, uh, and we do a lot of live chats you call it because I follow you obviously on Twitter but you're, you call it your devious army right my devious army I was wearing bullets today yeah I was wearing bullets today as earrings because uh, we came guns blazing. I mean, Devious Army is, like, really making it happen. Yeah, it's very cool. If you tune in and you you check the hashtag Devious Maids or Devious Army, all, basically all five women, I think, are yep. live tweeting during every episode. It's very cool. And Danya's always doing it. Yeah. So, yeah. And you're very active on Instagram, I should mention. <laughs> I guess wanna, I am. If you want to see Danya, what's your Instagram? Danya J. Ramirez? Yeah, Danya J. Ramirez. And my Facebook is also, I made a Facebook, a fan page for Rosie Falta ah, as oh, well. Nice. Uh, I know. So her own Facebook page is um, Dania J. Ramirez very, as well. Very social media savvy. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll send you the link for the podcast and you can tweet about it tomorrow. Absolutely. This was awesome. This was so much fun. I've been looking forward to this since we started the podcast. It was so good to How see you. How cool is this? To very, just get very to cool. like reminisce. I know. I loved it. I loved it. And I'll send you some pictures from X-Men when I get home. And bye, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much to Dania Ramirez for being here. And tune in next time. Ciao. Hooray for Hollywood Hooray for Hollywood So misunderstood So keep fighting on When all hope is gone You live and you learn The tables will turn So shine like you should Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.